We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. During the last three months of traveling, I've gained the impression that Mr. Roosevelt's popularity is on the wane, but that it is not slipping fast enough to, of itself, destroy his chances for re-election in 1936. The great mass of open-minded Americans who are not blindly bound by party allegiances and whose votes really decide elections, again, have come to the conclusion that the Democratic Party cannot run this country. But they do not seem to have any more confidence in the old-line Republican politicians. Mr. Roosevelt will be re-elected unless he makes some false step involves us in a foreign war which is surely coming. Just remember, too, that this administration has control of the vote-getting machinery and has control of $5 billion to spend as it sees fit. And as present-day politics go, you could elect an Eskimo with $5 billion. Many thanks there to uh, the legendary General Smedley Butler who uh, in his prophetic words was predicting the start of the Second World War and who wrote the the awesome book, War is a Racket, which I recommend to everyone. So uh, welcome to the latest episode of Union of the Unknowns. We have an exciting full house of unknowns today. So if you'd all like to sound off as I introduce you. So we have uh, Jackie, ATL Connector. Hola. <laughs> uh, Kiel or Kiel Thor. How you doing? Ashley, think, change, repeat. Hello. Stella from the land of Oz. Good morning. Uh, Big Perm, I'm not sure if he's going to say hello because he's been quiet today. Possibly not. Uh, we have uh, Bruce, Brucey. Hey, everybody. Uh, and last, last but not least, Tunes from the Toonstead. Representing the free state of New Hampshire, me and Bruce, bringing it in, 603. <laughs> um, so uh, today we've decided we're going to talk about you? war. Oh, so, so yes, who am I? I indeed, I am Terry, a.k.a. Terence, or Terry Canary, as uh, I'm lately known as, from the wonderful land of the Canary Islands. Um. So uh, today we've decided we're going to talk about war um, and I thought I'd set this up by, um, I was thinking about this and thinking all the way back to the American Civil War and whether in all that time in our, our two countries, which is United Kingdom and United States, have ever been involved in a justified war or a war where the explanation we've been given for why it happened was actually true. Uh, and I can think of many examples over that period, and I can't really think of one where the story we've been given is the straight story, or we were fighting to protect protect our own territory, and we were under sort of some sort of threat. So uh, 
that's my opening thought. I've got some specific thoughts about specific wars if it comes to that later on. So um, let's throw it open and see, if, see what people think about that. Can I tell you the mainstream story of World War II stateside is uh, the brave Americans went over to Europe to <clears throat> kill the evil Nazis that were genocidal. And uh, if you do dig behind... A little bit beneath, beneath the surface, I, you know, I'm I'm very strongly under the impression that uh that war was uh the man the 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 consent for that war was highly manufactured uh, stateside at least you know before Pearl Harbor. Um, Definitely. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, Terrence. Uh, well, as as far as um, the United Kingdom was was concerned, we really got involved in the war because of these sort of entangling series of alliances we had, which meant that we had to go to war with Germany because they invaded Poland, um, you know, and this seems to be a common theme, uh, certainly in the, in the last century, that, you know, both of our countries are getting involved in wars on the other side of the world or thousands of miles away, where really it doesn't really concern us very much at all. Um, and I, when it comes to the Americans, I think certainly... Um, you know the the people running the show in America were were certainly trying to get America involved in the war, and as you say, it was it, I think it was quite unpopular at the time. They they kind of pushed Japan into into attacking Pearl Harbor, I think, because they they were penalising them with some very punishing economic sanctions, uh, and I believe they fully knew that um, the attack was coming and let it happen anyway. I've I've got a question for you guys. If those alliances did not exist and Hitler invades Poland, what happens? If the other if the other allied nations didn't get involved, Hitler would have taken France, you know, like they did, right? Or would they have stopped? I think I think if we pause the clock there, um, the idea of uh the Third Reich was to reunify uh, the former German ethnics, I guess you would say, with uh, the German motherland. It's kind of similar to how I see the Russia-Ukraine conflict right now is, is Putin's justification is uh, there's ethnic Russians in the eastern spot, uh, eastern, eastern area of the, the Ukraine. So Putin is going to reunify the Russian ethnics with the Russian motherland. Um, I think if we pause right there in 1939, and I, you know, very controversial statement. I'm, I'm by no means a, a historian, but uh, if if Hitler wants to bring back the German ethnics and under under the same state, and he does that by invading, I I, I <clears throat> that section of Poland. You know, maybe he just brings back the German ethnics and. The world goes on from there, you know? Well, the other thing that I wanted to throw into that, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm not super educated on all of these subjects, but according to James Corbett, and he talks about what transpired to actually get the United States into World War One, And there seems to be quite a bit of evidence that Germany was actually being provoked intentionally during that time. So I think if we go back to see what actually set it up, so it could possibly be that everything that transpired, transpired in World War II 
was a direct result of meddling from the powers that shouldn't be um, probably the United States and for sure Great Britain. So it's possible that it all transpired because of what they did to begin with in starting and provoking World War One with Germany. Yeah, I, I agree with that. If, if you look at what happened to Germany after World War One, uh, I think it's like Toons was, was saying, really, that uh, a lot of their territory was split off to, you know, Poland and France and Czechoslovakia. Um, and then they were punished with these really crippling uh, economic sanctions, which were called reparations. They were they were forced to sort of pay for the cost of the war, uh, which put them into that a terrible recession that they had in the 30s with all that inflation and you know the, the economy basically collapsed which is what brought hitler to power and in many ways yeah he was i think he was just trying to reunite germany to the way it was before the first world war so you could argue that the second world war was caused by you know the stupid things they did to germany after the first world war and if you're talking about the first world war um when it comes to America getting involved in first in the First World War, that was all a setup job as well, because the triggering event was the torpedo in the Lusitania, which was the ship that used to go between America and Britain. Uh, but that was being used to ferry arms to Britain, and the Germans continuously warned that they were going to sink this ship because they didn't want arms being run to Britain. Uh, and you know, everyone, Britain and, and America just ignored it. Uh, and the Germans even took out a full-page advert in one of the American newspapers, New York Times or something, saying, you know, this is happening, we don't want this to happen, you know, but, you know, we might have to sink this ship. And they were kind of using the passengers on there as a human shield, um, knowing that the, this thing was going to get attacked. So, yeah, that was all very dodgy as well, I think. Now, isn't, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Kiel, I just have one quick question for Terry, and then I'll, I'll step out of that. But isn't it possible that the sinking of that ship was actually done by the United States and or Germany. Have you heard that? It's possible, I suppose. I, I think I think the Germans were quite happy to to say that they did it, you know, but again, they were being very provoked. Yeah, I always I heard that the German propaganda machine was posting ads like that in newspapers all the time just to generate terror in America. They say we're gonna yes. we're gonna sink this ship on this day, whether they intended to do that or not. And mm -hmm. I think the Lusitania was one of those that they were posting about. And hey, they just happened to do it. So i i don't I don't have a lot of faith in the idea that oh, we kind of knew it was going to happen anyway. Why did we let it? You know, why did why did we let them sink it? Well, I mean, it was one of many that they were talking about. So now, I, and also. Of course, the official line is that there weren't munitions being ferried across on, on that ship, but you know, I know we were we were supporting the the British efforts and it makes sense that that kind of stuff would be happening. So yeah, um, yeah I don't Woodrow Wilson, the president at the time, was very keen to get America involved in that war. Yeah. It, it, he was a nice guy. It's 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 a good bet that they were feeding that information to the Germans in one way or another to let them know, hey, this one's going to be having a bunch of bombs on it. Very likely. <laughs> Might make for a good target. Hmm. But it's well, all speculation, let's, really. Let's not forget that uh, war is excellent business. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. The rich want to get richer. They always do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back in the day when uh, Rockefeller and, or was it Carnegie, I think, was uh, was big in the steel industry. Mm. Uh, yeah. Nice way to kick off a big business, isn't it? Lots of uh, munitions, etc. Uh, on the, I wouldn't be on surprised that, at all if it was just a business venture. All along the lines of that, too, I, I kind of think it's a, a great way to, um, whether you, you kill or just rip away the, the strongest and youngest and, and the bravest of your community. Like, if you want to have an iron fist on society, who, who, who better to take out than, than the 18 to 28 year old strong young men that are going to be brave and stand up to uh, tyranny, I guess. So not only is it good business, but it's also good to uh, call the call the herd, I guess. Call the brave ones, call the alphas. Definitely. And that's, that's the way they work, isn't it? There's, there's always multiple angles to everything they do. It's never mm -hmm. just achieving one goal. There's always many, many facets. And it's a tale as old as time, right? I mean, it's so old. They, they just recycle the same shit all the time. The false flags, the, the weeding out of the strong. Mm -hmm the same bullshit that they tell people over and over and over from the very beginning all the way till now. And it's still working. It's exhausting. You know, yeah. so I think a lot of people in this group can obviously see through like the lies about Russia. And no, I'm not saying that Putin is some kind of a saint, but we all know that there's a ton of like fuckery happening um, current day with what's happening in with the conflict in Ukraine and the, the purposes that it's serving. It's just exhausting. Absolutely. Yeah. Every day I see headlines that say, oh, uh, Putin is surrounded, has three days left into his army. He can't keep <laughs> it up. And then, you know, weeks later, it's still going. It's the propaganda is insane. Weren't they running out of ammunition like a month ago? Yeah, <laughs> everything. Ago? It's, it's ridiculous. I keep telling all of my family and friends, whenever the topic comes up, I just say, you know what? Don't buy any of that. Don't buy any. It's all prop. It's all bullshit. You know, sure. We, I guess Russia invaded Ukraine. That's about as much information as we guys know over here. That's it. All the other stuff you read, you can't, you can't put any, uh, any weight on it at all that's also a, it's also a testament to how uh short the public memory is they also make it sound like russia is just trying to their goal is to just come in and take over the country and wipe everybody out and that's clearly not what's happening they're trying something else but the you know the media will tell you that it's oh they're just trying to take over the country if that's what they were trying to do it would have been done in two three days Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And another point that I've seen as far as that conflict goes is like, would you look at the amount of footage that that we have to this day, assuming that it's real from World War Two and the footage that you're getting out of the front lines of what's happening between Russia and Ukraine? I mean, what, with Ben Stiller. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the I'm Grammys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All of this stuff. And uh Zelenko and his wife and their Vogue or their Vanity Fair cover shoot, whatever. But really, you're not getting, you know, the front lines sort of 
imagery that we got from many other wars, like, you know, from the Gulf War, but even World War II and all these things that, of course, people aren't thinking about because they're not told to think about it. It's not like mainstream news is like, wow, this is really strange, guys. We're not getting the the footage that we normally get, you know? Mm. It's just, it's bizarre. I can't even take it seriously when you have things like Ben Stiller showing up to shake this guy's hand and he's doing a video at the Grammys and he's doing his magazine shoot when there's a madman ravaging your country. It almost and Angelina seems... Jolie yeah, yeah. and all those people just walking down the street. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Nobody's looking too worried. I'm going to help out. Uh, it's a humanitarian a... crisis, guys. Yeah, there was a quote recently. Did anybody hear? I don't know when it was or who it was, but somebody said that the military themselves, the military, came out and said themselves, the world is a stage. Hmm. Did anybody hear wow. that recently? The Ukrainian military is, is really I don't saying? know. That's why I'm just bouncing oh. it off you guys to see if anyone heard that. It's, it's the snippet that I heard. I heard um, that too, and I forget what podcast I was listening to, but I yeah, for okay. sure heard that. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. I bet Justin could help us out if he was here. The thing about uh, it is very difficult to work out what's going on with wars in particular because you often get this fog of war, and that's that's very much the case in Ukraine because you know you hear such different tales from both sides. It's it's hard to know what the hell's going on down there, you know, because nobody knows that you know most of us don't know anyone who lives anywhere near there, um, and they you know the the putin is is hitler thing this trope gets rolled out over and over again as well doesn't it you know saddam hussein and you know um uh, assad uh you know they're all hitler and they all want to take over their part of the world and you know really the the truth is a bit more nuanced than that i think in real reality agreed hitler was rather contrived wasn't he he was certainly funded by western bankers i mean there's not much doubt about that Oh, absolutely. Henry Ford was one of them, wasn't he? He, was, he had a lot of input to uh, that. They, uh, I believe oh, yeah, that they were the, buddies. The, yeah, I believe that the American and British Air Force had an agreement with Henry Ford that none of the Ford factories were going to get bombed in Germany. So they, also, they miraculously managed to avoid a lot of damage. Ford, yes. Ford made tanks for the Nazis, if, if, I'm, yes. if I remember correctly. Yep. A so, good old American company. Yeah. Made tanks for the big bad Nazis. Um, I did have a question too. This is something that I have been meaning to ask somebody, probably Terry. Um, but so in in our discussions about the monarchy and that kind of thing, right? So we know that Prince Philip, well, that the royal family was German, and they changed their name to sort of disguise that fact, and that Prince Philip has nazi associations and then his sisters actually married nazis so this is what i don't understand and uh, oh and by the way i would like to say my two cents the nazis didn't the the higher up guys were not defeated at all they moved to mm-hmm. you know argentina or whatever and then the united states america and britain <laughs> yes hired the scientists NASA. yes never a straight answer but um <laughs> The other, yes, so so that point, but the other question is why would people of German heritage 
allow that to happen to their own country, um, the destruction that happened, the punishment that happened to Germany and the German people. I never understood that. And I know that the predator class doesn't care about the average person and that any sacrifice is fine with them, but it just didn't make sense to me. Like why, why start and make sure that Germany had to pay, you know, it just doesn't add up. Well, they, they take turns to pay who has to pay. Somebody's, somebody's always got to yeah. pay. Yeah. Actually, you talking about after the first world war or the war in general? Yeah, I would say that it seems like they kind of got their eyes set on Germany or like, at least according to Corbett, right, that they, that Great Britain was concerned about the alliance that Germany might have with Russia, and then became determined to prevent that alliance from happening. And so I just, you know, was wondering, like, why, why did they, why was it so bad if Germany did their own thing, you know, to begin with. And then it seemed after that, like once Germany was in their sights, that was it. What a lot of people say in a, in a sort of our conspiratorial community is that um, something that the Anglo-Americans want more than anything is to make sure that Russia and Germany don't come together. And that kind of applies to what's happening at the moment, you know, that they weren't really happy about the pipeline situation that you know russia was uh, selling their gas and energy to to germany and so they had this distraction with ukraine you know that that was maybe created uh, in order to give an excuse to split them apart and um many people say that that's that was really what was behind world war 1 and world war 2 they 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 worry about these central powers in europe coming together and and sort of be more powerful than the Anglo-American alliance. And then after the, after, you know, Germany, after both wars were just sort of psychologically attacked really as, as the bad guys. And, uh, they've kind of never got really got over it. They, they just sort of seem to be puppy dogs now. And, you know, what's happening at the moment with the fact that they've, you know, they, they're going to starve and freeze over the winter. It's clearly not very good for, for that country as a whole, but, you know, the, the we had that politician recently saying that she didn't really care what what the yes, voters yes. thought she doesn't was going to do it anyway. She doesn't care what the voters think. No, nope. she's going to right. do what what's best for the Ukraine. Yeah, yep. which is unbelievable. You're a German. What the? It's it's unbelievable. And That's it's like un, you saying you don't care that if your the, kids are going to starve. You're going to give the food to the neighbors down the road. Right, and that 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 the German people would just be like, mm, do, do 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 do. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. You know, and there's even something that I shared on our Twitter um, that it was like in the colors, the blue and yellow, but it just said freeze and starve for Ukraine. I mean, it's, it's terrible. And I can't believe that the people are just okay with it. Um, and the other thing I, I did want to bring up is that there does seem to be some revisionist history, some propaganda about maybe the, the exact numbers um, of people that died at the hands of the Third Reich at, you know, from Germany. And I'm not saying that I understand the full story, but it does seem allegedly. Like, yeah, it seems like we've been lied to about that. And it would make sense from a propaganda perspective, right? Because they have never stopped hitting us over the head with what happened in World War II ever since then. Yeah, I think really the only thing that has changed over time, the lies have always been there, the deception's always been there the greed, the power. 
I think the only thing that's changed is they're just they're just not hiding it anymore. Yeah, it's in our faces, which tells me you know we're coming to a pointy end of something. Right, the revelation of the method. It's like at, at a point it gets so egregious that they're just like fuck you. I, I yeah. think the regimes, well, governments, the whatever you want to call them, the the, the they understand that this is the end of the. Uh, what do I call it? Um, modern monetary theory, uh, propaganda. Uh, this whole scheme is coming to an end. Um, so now mm-hmm. it's just uh, take as much as you can before it all, before the building falls apart. You know, they're just they're just looting. They're just filling their pockets, filling their yes. backpacks, and they're gonna run away to their uh, survivalist bunkers in New Zealand. You know, it's it's gonna be. You know, it's it's coming. You know, and and they they're not afraid of blatantly uh peeing on us and they're not even telling us it's it's rain anymore it's just yeah that's what we're doing right do you see a wall coming tunes i hope not uh but i i don't under i don't see how russia can get pushed this far i mean i mean it was a it, it, it was a poke a poke a poke for years and then it was a push and now it's you know the the, the pipeline if 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 my take on the story is correct like how does putin not respond with you know nato the 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 west the, you know the whole american empire is at war with you so you may as well punch back before they you know that was a sucker punch you're just gonna sit there and let them hit you again and hit you again and hit you again like right there's an awful lot of sucker punches yeah yeah i mean he's I, <clears throat> in my opinion he's been very calm and very uh collected to to yeah to NATO's aggression, you know, it's, you sound like it's, a Putin sympathizer to me, young man. <laughs> I sure do. I sure do. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm amazed that it hasn't popped off yet, to be honest. If, if he, he's so painted as the bad guy everywhere, except for maybe China and Northern Korea, that if he decides to lash out, he's going to have to fight the whole world. I mean, there's, there's no way he can say he can push back on the u.s and then the u.s says oh okay sorry and then everybody's cool that's not gonna happen he's gonna he's gonna have to be prepared to engage on all fronts everywhere right that's the machiavellian sense that like he he understands that the whole world is under this american propaganda spell so i mean who are his allies you know like you said china i think he maybe he hasn't lashed out for that reason yeah so that's what i wanted to um add to the discussion that um a couple of thoughts as far as this is concerned so we in our talk to this point we're assuming that putin isn't in on it and i'm not saying that he is i'm saying that i think it is possible because we do know that he was friendly with Klaus Schwab. We know that a lot of what is happening in our current environment does stink, absolutely stink a World Economic Forum fuckery and their goal per how the world is different 2030. We know that. We know that the goal of the the predator class is to bring the United States down a peg. And this this is easy to find in their documents on their website, how the world will be different in 2030. um, And that it will be a group of nation states that are, I guess, 
communists together that are equal in power together. And China is in that group. So now we have the setting up of, you know, the allies and the Axis all over again, because we do have BRICS, as Terry mentioned. So Brazil, Russia, India, China, and last time we said South America or um, South Africa. So that is potentially who is being set up as the boogeyman versus us. So I don't know. It's possible that Putin is playing his part here and that it's all going yes. to plan and you have to have a coagulation of bricks fully before we can really get to it. I don't know. I think, I think uh, Putin is the new Trump. It's as simple as that. They're following a script. That's why, you know, Putin's, he's a bit of a cool character. I would be too if I knew what the script was. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense to me, right? Because I agree. If Look at what the United States did after when they were saying this is a terror attack and we know exactly who did it. They went after the Middle East, even though we all know we were lied to about that um too so it make it does make sense to me that this is exactly what's happening i mean all these people are world economic forum guys like every single one of them yep same goal they know that being in competition is not going to get them where they want so they've joined they're right. all allied we're the enemy right and that makes in my sense opinion to me. and i i would like to think that there was an independent thinker out there that that russia you know that putin is not on the same page as these people that he actually is fighting the good fight. And, you know, of course it's possible that I'm wrong. What do I know? But it just makes sense to me knowing what we know that maybe they're all in on it together. He, he could be, yeah, but if, if, if Putin's not in on it, then the West uh, is playing an extremely dangerous game because they're selling, they're selling now long range weapons to Ukraine, which, you know, potentially being fired into Russian cities in the heartland. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> a child has arrived for our listeners. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a remarkably dangerous game if Putin's not in on it. I mean, who, who's, who, you know, he's, he really is being pushed to the limit. Uh, and as uh, was it Toons or Bruce was saying, you know, he's been quite restrained so far in many ways. That was Keel. Keel. Sorry, Keel. Well, well yeah, it's, it's, it it's worrying. Well. Yeah. Can I? Uh, I want to. I want to get um, take advantage of the fact that most of my friends here are Americans. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the American Civil War, because as an outsider, it seems fairly clear to me that it wasn't really about slavery initially. I don't think Lincoln started talking about it until uh, you know part way through the war. But it was just some states wanted to succeed, secede from the union, which to me they should have been allowed to do, uh, which, you know, it was kind of in line with what the founding fathers thought, that if you were exposed to tyranny or, you know, in this case, they were, uh, had tariffs imposed on them, didn't they, which was very damaging to the southern economy, you should be allowed to leave. Uh, but that's not the way the, the the Lincoln and his pals saw it. So I don't know. Any, anyone wants to say something about that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, you know, people say the secession was legal, yada, yada, yada. I don't know if that's true under the, the Constitution. It was probably true under the Articles of Confederation. But I don't know if you could make that same statement about 
the tenets of the constitution and how the states were supposed to be creating a, a more perfect union you know it, i don't until, know yeah, until 1860 probably, it was well, referred to as until 1860 1865 it was referred to as these united states after this the the war of northern aggression uh it is now the united states so 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 previous to the lincoln's invading lincoln invading his own country uh it was understood that it's a voluntary union uh i would assume similar to like the eu uh that it's these united states so new hampshire is very different than georgia which is completely fine you know the only thing we come together to we'll join up when when the brits come over and and invade us uh other than that georgia is georgia new hampshire is new hampshire um and I think that's a way better way to live. Uh, but until uh, Lincoln, it was these United States uh, in tradition of like more of an EU as a very loose um, collection of states. I mean, the word yeah. state means country. I mean, uh, yeah. the idea that, that New Hampshire isn't sovereign is absurd to me. Um, Six Emperor Tyrannus is all I have to say. You know, Lincoln was a tyrant, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I, and to, you know, the South didn't, South Carolina didn't secede because they, you know, of slavery. That wasn't what they were chanting. But slavery, you could say, is the, the impetus for the entire conflict in that, in that the, the argument that was bubbling that everybody was talking about was which, you know, the states, are they going to, the new states coming in from the West, are they going to be, are they going to have slavery allowed? And the, the concept of slavery was on the way out, you know, amongst the people. Um, but there were still slave or slaves everywhere up in the North, Northern states, certainly in the South, but the South had such a huge slave economy going on that to eliminate that would have severely crippled them. Well, I, I did want to chime in too, and I'm certainly no expert on the Civil War. Um, Legal Man has a lot, He's talk, he talks about this quite a bit. And one of the things that he said is actually, because we are told it's slavery, it's slavery, it's slavery, he's a hero, he freed the slaves, whatever, which we know is nonsense. But there was actually a very small percent you know, like the 1% basically who owned most of the slaves in the South. So it's not like just the regular average everyday person like us was owning a slave plantation. You know, it's just not, it's not so. And um, so I want to throw that out there that there, I think, are certainly, you know, other factors regarding that. And then um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up as far as the Civil War goes I forgot. I forgot my point. Can I hop in on that Sorry. real quick? Yes, um, yes, please. Academic Agent, he's a YouTuber, uh, made a YouTube video on on the idea of, of slavery. And uh, I, I'm pretty convinced that Hollywood has painted the idea of slavery into a, I know it's a, it's a tough take, but uh, the idea of, of black slavery, Southern slavery, uh, is completely Hollywood. It's 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 kind of absurd. Um, if you own a person and and they're you know they're there for labor, are you going to 
crippled them by 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 whipping them every day are you going to you know are you going to not feed them like i mean the the idea of 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 treating your slaves poorly is is pretty hollywood um uh the conditions in the north were were probably worse. If I were to to get in a time machine, I think I'd prefer a uh, a slave's life over a, a a poor urban kid in New York or a or a a woman that had to work in the Lowell textile mills. I mean, the slaves were they they built their houses. They they ate better than the north. I mean, they had they had more resources provided to them than than a, a poor urban blue collar guy. A blue collar guy like me who lived in a a, a, a a city in the north would have had a horrible existence i i understand that that it sucks that you have to have a master but we all have masters i mean we, we all know that that they control us um i think the idea of slavery not that i'm defending it but it's very spun hollywood i mean it's it is propaganda, you know, I'm going to use as a, a division tool. Um, I, I would definitely agree. We know that it has been used as a tool to make sure that we all know how horrible, you know, that was and how bad we still are because it happened, you know, 400 years ago. Yeah. And the other thing is that there were people who were in slavery, slavery, who were not black. And the other thing I would like to add is that, yeah, regular people, were poor, you know, the people, my family, the people that I, um, descend from grew up with fucking nothing. They had nothing. They were dirt poor sharecroppers, you know? So that. And the idea that, that slavery is this bad, that we have to destroy half of the country and burn cities Mm -hmm. to the ground. And, and and, and, I mean, the the reconstruction era is, is fucking absurd like you know my my soul hurts for the south you know i'm I'm, I'm behind enemy lines here up in up in yankee there's something that (laughs) i've i've found recently that is fascinating is uh, on youtube you can find recordings of actual slaves they recorded themselves talking about their lives and people that served in the military during the vietnam or the vietnam civil war um, but it's it's so fascinating because it does it doesn't really fit what our perception of slave yeah. life and uh, say for example Confederate soldiers what they were thinking as they were you know marching around and stuff and uh, you, you go out there I, I encourage everybody that's interested to go out there and find it because it's not difficult to find but they have actual actual recordings of people who lived during that time. Um, just talking about what it was like and what, what their perceptions of what was happening. The other thing that I wanted to throw in, I actually remembered what I forgot. Uh, Richard Grove has talked about this some, that there does appear to, to be back to the same old predator class, even back then, that there was funding for one side, which may have been the South in this case, um, from that Rockefeller type money and Cecil B. Rhodes and those guys meddling. Um, even at that time. And I don't know that that's because they had a moral stand. My guess is that they were supplying funds to continue the destruction because it was obviously weakened the United States and it destroyed the South. 
Yeah, um, I, I, uh, I was going to pick up on something Kiel was saying because um, my wife and I look, uh, used to watch a lot of Who Do You Think You Are, which is sort of where people trace their ancestors back. And it, you get a kind of lot of uh, ordinary people's history from it. And you do find out a lot of interesting things like people tracing their ancestors back to black free men in, say, Jamaica, who actually owned black slaves themselves. Or, um, for example, you know, you, uh, another case was where they descended from a black slave who was um, granted freedom by his master and given a lot of land. So, you know, this guy was obviously a valued member of the household and, and not just treated like dirt. Uh, and a, a very interesting one was a British black actor who found out he had mixed ancestry. And exactly like Toons was saying, he had one ancestor who was coming from the industrial Midlands in um, like the 18th or 19th century. He had an absolutely terrible life of poverty and, and, you know, most of his family died young from horrible diseases. And the other half of his family was a was a uh, descended from a black slave in Jamaica. And he said exactly the same thing that Toons was saying. He's saying, you know, I'm not really sure whether... You know, my my ancestor who was living in the factory in in the Midlands was having a better life than this guy who was you know out working in the fields as a slave. You know, so it's um it's not just a to coin a phrase black and white issue. Absolutely, there's there's a ton of ton to be said about the Civil War, and there's arguments on from all different angles as to what the motivations were, how things played out whether it was good or bad, uh, who the big actors were in the, in the conflict. It's a fascinating subject. I, I, I love talking about it and being a, an American, it, it, you know, tugs on my heartstrings when I think about all the different things that went on and how many people died. Uh, I, I read, heard a, a statistic that um, the number of casualties that occurred at um, the Battle of maybe it was Antietam, maybe Antietam. I, yeah, uh, I've just been reading about it myself. Yeah. Were were higher than the entire cumulative number of casualties in the in every American conflict leading up to that point. It was yeah, one that. battle yeah. that was worse, and still wow. the Civil War itself holds the record for the number of American deaths. Uh, yeah. overall I've been reading this book I don't Tragic. know if you can see that and you probably can't see that Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Posit Politics by Donald Jeffries which is a sort of revisionist history take of American history it's very very interesting and I've just been reading a bit about the Civil War and it, it said that very thing that you know it was a total bloodbath and um, interest was it Ashley was saying lots of people were owning slaves uh, amongst the notable slave owners of the time were quite a few of the northern generals like grant and sherman i believe so you know it's it's it definitely wasn't the case that all the all the northern guys you know were were for freeing slaves i don't think lincoln was very keen on the idea at all in fact lincoln um, wanted to send you know, him to a lot Africa. of the things he lincoln a lot was... of, yeah, exactly a lot of things he said would be regarded as very racist now he so, told him to uh, go back to africa he did yeah he did yeah. son of a yeah. bitch 
he wanted to send them back to Africa. Um, he, he, he said something like, you know, uh, when he was meeting some black guy, a uh, free guy, who he said, uh, you know, I don't believe our races can live together and be better if if you went back to Africa. Basically, was that was that Frederick Douglass by chance? Could have been. I can't remember. The um, other, um, I did want to bring up this topic and see if anybody had information or a take on this so we all probably saw that um it was fantastic because don lemon don lemon got absolutely roasted this past week there was, <laughs> was some there was some speaker um on his show and i felt like it was a paradigm shift for me because once i'm i'm constantly trying to evaluate what are my previously held beliefs that were given to me by just normal society and and see when I find something that challenges that so that was one of the things that did challenge because I had not really dug into how were slaves given here you know how did they really get here what I know is what I was shown when I had to watch Roots in school which was that white people went and they stole them from Africa. That was what I thought. So then this gal gets on here and I'm not defending the British empire for sure. We know that, but then she's starting to say, yeah, if you want to talk about reparations, then you need to talk about the people who sold them, who rounded them up and sold them from Africa. Yeah. The, the fact of the matter is that, that most civilizations have enslaved other civilizations, you know, at some time or another, you know, if if you're if you've got a bigger army, then you know you tend to take people into into slavery. The Romans did it all the time. You know, and it's been going on through the centuries. And yes, black people were often enslaving other black people. So you know, and most countries ended slavery without a war. Yep, and all I countries. I think slavery would have ended in America without a war as well. Actually, it, it was just you know it was it was good. What had happened was that the North had progressed industrially more than the South at the time, so that they were sort of coming from a position of strength. You know, if they wanted to say, "Well, you shouldn't have slavery," well, they, you know, they they had the industry to so that they didn't need slaves. So, um, you know, I, I think, think Tim was right. You couldn't just, you know, uh, uh, abolish slavery in the South; it would have destroyed their economy, I, which it which it did really. I think Lincoln was the original. Uh, Klaus Schwab wanting a yes. <laughs> ultimate state. You know, you, you can't break up with us. You know, we'll, we'll burn down your houses. You can't leave. You know, he was the original uh, tyrant. You know, he was pen pals with Karl Marx. You know, you want to talk about yeah. Lincoln's a good guy. I mean, he freed the, the slaves in the rebellious states. He didn't free them in the north. He freed them mm -hmm. in the rebellious states. Google it. I mean, yep. he's not a good guy. No, it's pretty absurd. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Also, uh, I heard a long time ago, and I'm not going to remember all the details, but it's pretty interesting how Lincoln coerced the attack on Fort Sumter. Uh, the way he did it was um, he sent uh, a fleet of ships southward towards. Florida, I think, and covertly sent a, a allowed the governor of South Carolina to receive information uh, concerning the 
the the troop garrison at Fort Sumter, which was a Union garrison. And what he told the, the governor was publicly he said, hey, I'm I'm going to be sending some relief shipments, just food and stuff like that to the 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 garrison. So we're not attacking. And what he sent allowed the governor to receive covertly was, hey, I'm dispatching warships to Fort Sumter and tricked him into when he when he saw the ships coming in. The governor thought, oh, this must be the war party that's coming in to reinforce the fort. And so they started shelling the the fort. And mm. that's how that's how Lincoln tricked him into so they were the all warning shots though, right? First. I mean, they didn't even hit the ships. No, it was it was all <laughs> they they just flattened the, the fort. It's just a pile of rubble now. Right. But that's what that's what started now. Now the Union had a reason that they could start attacking uh, Southern targets. Let me ask you the uh, conclusion of the war between the states uh, has taken us towards the path of big government, big big nanny state. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, it would have gone different if the South were able to peacefully secede. Right. I mean, any thoughts on that? I th I think the South would have eventually. I, I think there probably would have been a lot of economic hardship and a lot of the southern states would. Either just not have seceded at all or, you know, appealed to become to come back into the fold. But I think eventually, you know, over time, the. The, pre the economic pressures surrounding the southern states would have forced them to dial down slavery or get rid of it or something, and then hopefully they would have we would have rejoined. But uh, I don't there know. There is something I, to be said too to have that uh, pressure relief valve. That oh, this Massachusetts is so crazy. New Hampshire has to secede. You know, mm -hmm. DC is so crazy. Florida has to go their own way. I mean, that, that, that option is, is huge politically. Yeah. Uh, and that's sure. definitely changed the course of history. I mean, the idea that, that, I mean, COVID is the, the, the biggest thing on my mind, but like, you know, let Massachusetts be Massachusetts and uh, you know, Florida is going to be Florida. The idea that secession is off the table now, uh, it's a huge relief valve, you know. Yeah. I've got a... that's that, that's a good question to maybe you know, before we wrap up. You know, do, is secession off the table because of what happened in you know the first civil war? Does that mean that the the, the government is just not going to stand for any state seceding? I I bet that if a state seriously tried to do that, there's so much of the you know the federal military you know and entrenched every in every state it'd be i think it would be harder to do because the state would have to take over the military institutions and forts and everything that are already there i, I, I don't know it would be suicided yeah i don't know uh, it was something something i don't know how that would work out i really don't i can't wrap my head around that I've got a I've got a quote though. I, oh, yeah. I don't know if it kind of worked into what we were talking about just now as far as 
you know, you know, how how would the the Union fared and, and the if the Confederates were left alone and whatever. <clears throat> this quote comes it came to me when we talked about the topic for the show, but it, it's from the movie uh, Starship Troopers. And I always it always uh, stuck in my mind as something important somehow. But uh, the guy says <clears throat> the, the, the top the discussion was, well, my mom always taught me that uh, violence what doesn't solve anything and the teacher responds with naked force has settled issues in history has settled more issues in history than any other factor the contrary opinion violence never solves anything is wishful thinking at its worst naked force has settled anyway you get the point naked force has settled more more i think you just in history I think you just effect. stole my trademark broadside against libertarianism. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> well, I, my, I, can't, I can't say he's wrong, you know? <laughs> my last thought of the, the war between the states, I have a lot to say about that. But uh, I will leave you all with uh, Virginia ended slavery before uh, many northern states so to to think that it was about slavery uh delaware had had slaves after virginia had slaves yeah, yeah definitely so so uh that was you know six separate six separate tyrannists I, I think lincoln got what he deserved and that's all i have to say about that I think one thing that we have to always remember too, like Ashley is sort of saying that you want to try to learn, you know, by research or what have you, but to, to quote a cliche, history is written by the victors. We, I don't think as people, we are ever going to have a clear view of anything because they don't want that. They right. are, they are experts at muddying waters. Uh, if truth looks like it's uh, going to raise its ugly head to them they, it's very easy to just throw a you know throw in a little bit of mud here and there and nobody really knows what the truth is mm -hmm. but one thing that's always true follow the money mm -hmm. yeah totally agree with that yep it's so true and this is one of the things that legal man talks about um referencing why we're in such a dangerous time you know because like what Stella is saying, if truth starts rising up, if people start rising up and becoming aware, they always co-opt what is happening and they have all of the resources. I'm not trying to be blackpilled. I, I really am not, but I'm just trying to be realistic that look what they have stolen from us and not, not just the United States, not just Great Britain, not just Australia. This is the entire world. They own all almost all of the resources so when you have that you are in a position to squash the truth and to make sure that only the the narrative that is being told that's the one that it, the one that is serving you is the one that is heard hmm. yeah and i think all these uh, meetings that they have like the davoses and, and all those other ones uh they're kind of like it's it's sort of like their their boat every now and then they have to come together and just adjust the rudder uh according to the current social climate that's why they have these uh you know playbooks you know like the the rockefeller reports and the spas etc uh and there's there's always multiple scenarios 
because they know there's going to be it's going to be either this, 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 or this. It's usually four, isn't it? Um, so yeah, they just come together and they adjust the rudder a little bit, and mm. off they go again. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I think, Stella. I, I don't think um, I don't think they have total control over everything that's happening. I think they sort of watch what's happening a bit and then try and nudge it in certain directions. I think it's more like a sort of giant pinball machine for them rather than oh, something yes. where they've got total control, like a chessboard or something. That is a perfect analogy, and I have used that very analogy myself many times in conversation. It is a pinball game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's important for all the kids listening that uh, whatever you do, don't believe the propaganda. Make sure that you think about things logically and rationalize them out in your own head because we know it doesn't sound right to you guys. So don't don't just take that and and go with it, you know. Try to figure it out because there's people out there who want us to believe one thing and that's it. And that's just gonna push their agenda along. So don't believe the hype. Yeah, don't believe the hype. That's a good way to put it. Well, well, well said. Well said all. Uh, I think we'll wrap up now, and I'm I'm just going to finish by saying, war. What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> well, some things probably. I don't know. Well, it's not good for us. Making that's for rich. sure. No, <laughs> for somebody's pockets. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for the war All machine. right, let's wrap up and uh, we'll see everyone for the next exciting episode of Union of the Unknowns. Stay tuned. Love you all. See you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks. 